Welcome to Next 10, a podcast all about the next decade in the end of life and funeral industry. I am your host, Courtney Gould Miller, COO, Head of Digital, and even Legal Counsel for MKJ Marketing, the leader in death care marketing and advertising. Over more than 30 years in this industry, MKJ has created trends and markets where they did not exist before. We have helped clients build their business by hundreds of calls, and at the same time, we have watched as small and large firms sold or closed their businesses. The question we aim to answer with this podcast is, what will the next decade look like? 10 years from now, what will matter? To marketing, to your business, to the way we grieve and honor life. This is our first podcast, and today's episode is E-Cremation. Joining me is Glenn Gould, CEO and co-founder of MKJ. Glenn has conducted more market research than anyone else in the industry, over 800 studies. He is the author of Funeral Home Marketing, Moving the Bottom Line, and Death Care Marketing, 25 FAQs. He also happens to be my dad. Join us as we talk about e-commerce and how it might look in our industry over the next 10 years. The challenge almost every funeral director has, every funeral home uh, owner faces almost every day is how do I serve the low cost uh, consumer? Or maybe even a more fundamental question, should I serve the, the low cost consumer? My, my attitude to this has always been that a funeral home serves a community, a universe. That is the universe. They don't pull business 100 miles away. They don't pull business 50 miles away they get 90, 95% of their business within seven, eight miles of their community. It, it, it just seems like a, a, a firm with a long-term perspective has to incorporate a, a system in, in, their, in their whole business for serving people at all, all service levels. So, you know, discount funeral homes is a part of the industry. How do you serve that discount that discount family? How do you compete with the discount firm? And just like uh, uh, the same is true with the uh, minimal cremation family. There are families who are new to your community, so they may be thinking about minimal cremation and having a service elsewhere. Uh, so the point is, how do you serve that person? You want to, you know, we did one of the subjects we addressed in our seminar this year was um, um, how to make families loyal again, how to create repeat business in your business. And, uh, you know, you can't have repeat business if you don't serve them the first time. You really have to ask yourself, can I afford just to ignore the growing population that feels all they want is minimal cremation service? And I think that's a segmentation that we've seen e-commerce really step into in every industry, in most industries, where... The challenge is get the price as low and competitive, really, as possible, and yet keep your margins as high as high as possible. And e-commerce is really that silver bullet to allow you to have low cost with low overhead. Um, and that is something that we really haven't seen enter into funeral service all that much. Uh, but the challenge is there. I would say the same challenge of lowering the cost of overhead and the opportunity for e-commerce to really be that solution. Well, in so many so many firms, because of the long the, the long history of the firm and, and the 
dependence upon uh, traditional burial and and uh, working within that that business model of the traditional burial merchandise-based business, uh, a lot of a lot of owners will look at the minimum cremation challenge and think, well, I can't I can't make any money at this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to actually lose money serving these these families, and it's really not true. Uh, or at least let's put it this way: it doesn't have to be true. Uh, uh, some well-known accountants in the death care industry have said to me that uh, the average funeral profit, the average profit on a traditional funeral is anywhere between $750 to $1,000, $750 to $1,000. If you own and operate your own crematory, uh, the cost of providing a minimum cremation service, uh, including uh, the first call and including assisting the family with paperwork, should be under $300 at most $350. So if we're charging $1,400, is we're making as much money off of minimal cremation as a average funeral home does off of a full traditional funeral. Now, everybody out there has some nut in the truck. In in many communities, there is an individual there that uh, that runs a business where they're doing $795 and even lower for minimal cremation. A couple of points on that. One, usually it's a price plus, plus, plus. So the family is not walking out with a $795 purchase. They're walking out with a $1,300 purchase. The plus, plus, plus might be the charge for getting the death certificate, the charge for the, the first call, the charge for meeting with the family. So it's very seldom that, that they're really charging as that low advertised price. It's more often, it's going to be in that $1,200, $1,300 range. Uh, if you look at most of the large minimum cremation businesses, not all, none of them are the low price provider. In every major community that has a large minimum service cremation society type business, uh, doing the large volume, 800 cases, 1,000 cases, 2,000 cases, they're always the price leader in the market, and that's called branding. People are willing to pay more for a branded product, somebody they can have confidence in. And the the critical thing is this, the people that are making uh, the online purchase, the family that is purchasing the minimum cremation, most of them are not doing it because they do not have the money. They're doing it because this is a choice, a choice not to have a service at a funeral home. So the point is, it's not a race to the bottom because the consumer is demanding it. Mm-hmm. It's a race to the bottom because we feel that's what we have to do to get the business, but we don't. Uh, we can get that business by branding, giving the consumer the peace of mind of knowing the job is going to be done correctly, that their loved one is going to be treated with dignity and respect, and charge a premium for that peace of mind. That, that's what you deliver. You're delivering a quality service and you, and you deserve to be paid for it. And the, and and the community will pay for it once they understand that. I also think that families will pay a premium for the convenience of planning online. I think that's often some something that our clients will see as, uh, again, lowering their overhead, which is obviously the benefit to them, but they also see that as maybe a disadvantage to families because most of the families that they meet with 
appreciate and expect the opportunity to meet face-to-face with a funeral director in the funeral home. But for this consumer, they actually appreciate the opportunity not to meet with the funeral director in the funeral home. They like the ability to plan online when it's convenient to them. They like the ability to go quickly through the steps as opposed to taking time out of their day or out of away from work or family to plan ahead or at need. And so that's really an advantage and a premium that I think, you know, just like we pay a premium for Amazon Prime or ordering things online over maybe some other service, this allows you to have that same convenience factor that we know people will pay a premium for across industries. Well, that's right. And, and we, the other side of it is the consumer that is likely to purchase a minimum cremation online is doing a lot of online shopping. Uh, uh, Courtney and I recently conducted some focus groups just to understand how seniors use the internet. And uh, one of the uh, questions we got into is what is the largest purchase that you have made online, purely an online purchase? Well, you know, computers, certainly clothing, but several people bought a car online. Mm -hmm. Uh, Air conditioning unit. I mean, major purchases that if they were comfortable buying a car sight unseen until it was delivered to their house, then they're certainly comfortable purchasing a $1,500 cremation. And when we brought up that concept of purchasing a cremation online, there was no pushback around the idea. I mean, it was definitely not only something that was appreciated, but something that there was immediate interest in. You know, Remember from the focus group, when we were talking about different client businesses and showing websites from across the country, multiple participants were interested in planning right there, right then and there on the website, even realizing that that website and that client was thousands of miles away. There was even people requesting, could I ship my body there if I'm able to use this online site? And that's such a testament to the need and interest in that ability to plan online, on my schedule, quick, easy, done. And it wasn't, I mean, certainly the prices in that business were not bargain basement. Matter of fact, we were sitting in Florida. These were Florida residents looking at prices from a community in Indiana. Right. And and considering those prices pretty, you know, very affordable, what they wanted. When certainly there are discount providers in Florida, probably a quarter of the cost. Yes, the lowest prices in the country are all in Florida. That's not a doubt. That's no doubt about that. So the convenience factor, I think, can't be underestimated. Now, I think we've seen a lot of different ways of really approaching the e-commerce business, particularly around cremation. And I think it differs from market to market. I would say one of the main factors being what's your competition doing? If you've already got a very strong cremation society in the market, probably not best to brand yourself as a society. Do I name this new cremation business under the same name? Do I name it something completely different and 
not hide, but don't discuss the outright tie between us? Or do I do some kind of hybrid? And I think that's a question that comes up a lot from the clients. In, a, in what way do I relate to this new business? Particularly if I'm operating them out of the same funeral home. And we've seen it done, I think, just about every way. I yes, mean, some people set up a, uh, some people take a different path entirely and do, uh, do set up a storefront. But if we're talking about operating it out of the funeral home, we've seen it just about every way. But I do think that it's positive from an e-commerce perspective, from a uh, really just understanding how markets work and people kind of find out what's going on one way or another, particularly in smaller towns. But generally, that's the case. And we have Google that now pinpoints locations and will be clear about where this is. I think it's better to be upfront about it. Well, I, I think so too, because sooner or later the public's going to learn. And, and there really is no downside to sharing that information. As, as a matter of fact, when, when the site, maybe with a page or maybe just a line that this is an extension of a particular funeral home, uh, it gives consumers the confidence to move ahead with the purchase. I mean, you can see, uh, you know, the consumer could be a little cynical. They're looking for cremation. Up pops this website. Sounds good. Looks good. Everything seems to make sense. But who's doing it? Mm -hmm. There's no name. There's no identity. There's no individual identified with the business. How do I know that I'm just not giving my money, you know, paying for a service I'll never receive? So that when when there is some identification that this is an extension of a well-known funeral home in the area, that uh, the services are provided uh, through our staff and through our guidance uh, and direction, well, then, you know, it gives me the confidence that, well, okay, I am getting what I'm paying for, a minimal cremation service, which, uh, which allows me to, you know, give me the confidence to, to charge my card. You know, at the same time, the... Not only does the website create uh, actual cash flow with families that are arranging online and, and paying for it, but it's proven to be a very prolific lead generator. Mm -hmm. We have clients saying they're getting four or five hundred leads or contacts a year just through the website. Now, maybe the person did not take that step at that time uh, to um, to execute or uh, consummate the deal, but. They are contacting the firm. They are interested. They're learning options. And uh, even if they do call the funeral home for help, that's not a bad thing. I mean, they are talking to you about services. I think another factor that I'll just mention is that every client that we have using our website, using the e-commerce website, will report that they will receive anywhere from 15 to 20% of the families will upgrade once they realize that there is a funeral home behind it that is providing other services, they realize, you know, maybe we really just don't want a minimal service. Maybe we actually do want a service with the opportunity to have a memorial or the opportunity to have a reception. So that, again, the site is a lead generator as well as a business generator. And we see that, I think, particularly with combinations. Uh, often, while someone may not want a service, they do want a final resting place. And so they will have a minimal cremation and yet spend sometimes significant dollars in having a place to memorialize. 
Um, but I think you touched on a couple of things that are very true with e-commerce research generally. The first being trust is the most important factor in e-commerce. Um, very easy to throw up a website that has the ability to pay through it. But if it feels spammy, if it it's not clear if this is a credible business to the consumer, no no money will be generated. You know, the business will not be successful. And there are different ways of achieving that trust. Branding is, of course, probably number one, I would say. Yeah. Um, and so what you're doing with associating it in some way to the funeral home, you are able to borrow credibility from an established brand. You do want to think, though, about establishing the brand of this business individually. And I know we'll talk more about that in just a minute. But the trust is very important. And I think similarly, in talking about a branding discussion, you do have to think about, while you want to associate them, having enough brand differentiation that you aren't cannibalizing your business. And that's why I do think it's positive to have a somewhat different name uh, so that the consumer automatically identifies from the beginning with the name, with the logo, that this is a different brand, even though they may be associated you know, having that differentiation, we see that, of course, throughout every industry, particularly you can think about it with hotels, to have a whole line of different brands within one family of hotel companies, mm-hmm. um, from Ritz-Carlton to Marriott and everything in between. They have different offerings within that brand. The other thing that I think you touched on is the idea of a customer journey, that Generally, and particularly in e-commerce and with digital marketing overall, it's not a one-to-one. You know, you don't see the ad and immediately purchase. And that's been the case throughout traditional marketing. But it's particularly the case with, with digital because we see overall, again, not in this industry, but overall that um, it will take six to ten, Google says, six to ten interactions online before someone will make a purchase with a brand. So as soon as they see a Facebook ad or search marketing or things like that online, they need to have six to 10 interactions before they're comfortable making a purchase. And often we'll see in the research that it'll take a few times for them to come back to the cart. So one of the things that we've built into our process is the ability for the site to remember what you had put into the cart or, you know, different remarketing techniques that we're using with with um, the brand, but marketing generally to promote the site. But that customer journey is something that's important. Capturing the lead, even if it's not consummated in a sale, still has tremendous value to the funeral home with any of their business. Well, well, that's why, I mean, in, in terms of promotion, that's why I like the idea of using television to promote the website. I mean, if you think about Geico, Progressive Insurance, Hotels.com, they use television advertising to drive traffic because the, the surest way to build traffic to a website is to get traffic to the website. When people ask to go to a particular site for cremation services, that teaches the algorithms that this is, the, this is a, a good direction to take uh, a searcher who's looking for cremation services. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the ideas we've developed is to uh, link the cremation business to 
the parent funeral home. The, the algorithms will identify that as a um, confirmation that this is a, a, a real business. I think the ease of putting up a website and really the cost effectiveness as a as compared to what our clients often need to do, which is go build a building or buy a building or buy an existing business, which is obviously much more expensive than putting up a website. Sometimes I think there's a feeling that, well, let's just put up the website and the business will start to come in. But unlike some of the opportunities that having a physical location doesn't, that being people are driving by it and becoming somewhat aware that it exists, a website can exist online and no one ever find it, you know, unless you are doing the kind of branding that is needed to promote a business. And I would say branding and search marketing, digital marketing is necessary whether you have a physical location or not. But it's ever so more important with a website because no one will know it exists. And usually when we launch these sites, we worked with clients to develop an e-commerce platform uh, when it launches, despite optimizing the site from the beginning, it will not rank anywhere on the first, second, sometimes third, fourth, fifth page, depending on how competitive that market is. When you think about the cost involved in starting a brick and mortar business, whether it's a, a standalone building that you own or a storefront that you rent, well, the cost is going to be exponentially greater than a website, even a website with promotion. Right. I mean, uh, if you have a storefront, then you have to have somebody at the storefront to meet people when they walk in. Uh, that's an additional, truly unnecessary expense. Um, most of uh, most of our firms will, will have the uh, their first call team from the funeral home perform the first calls for the cremation business, at least until the number gets significant. And, Gosh, we had a client that was doing 1,400 cases, and he still had uh, his funeral home first call team providing the first call service. So that's, that's a pretty large number, and, and they can still work it into the funeral home first call team. So the you know when you start thinking about the cost of setting up an e-commerce website, and even with the uh, the uh, pay-per-click or television advertising or search engine optimization, it's minimal. Mm -hmm. A minimal cost of entry to get into a business with a growing, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's a growing part of the death care business. Uh, really, if you think about it, the storefront is really old thinking. It's truly unnecessary. Mm -hmm. What what good is a storefront in one single strip center compared to a functional, operational, marketed website that reaches an entire county? Um, for about on a, a monthly basis for about what a firm would pay to have two newspapers in a month, two newspaper ads in a month. Right. And I think that is one of the greatest benefits of e-commerce is that you aren't, as you said, you're not limited to the community that you serve based on location. You are able to, depending on, again, marketing budget, and that's, I think, what is does need to be the main driver of that decision, as well as what your competition is from market to market. But you can, and we have clients that cover many, many counties, a whole state, multiple states with the same business, depending on 
what your costs are with removals or things like that. But generally, that's really the only factor and budget. Certainly, you can't expect to cover multiple states and yet not spend significant dollars on marketing. And search engine marketing and all of the digital marketing allows the opportunity for some cost effectiveness um, compared to, you know, particularly very competitive markets with cable rates. Cable, I think, I mean, we see in the research that TV is still the greatest driver of brand awareness and traffic, but in some markets, it's just untenable. We've had right. clients right. in you know, New York City <laughs> where running a spot would bankrupt you, basically, as a smaller business. Uh, sure. you know, so whereas the search engine marketing, it does have some variance by market. Um, we certainly, to tackle a metro area and rank well, cost more than a small town, no question. But there, are, there's less variance, I think, as compared to cable. Um, but even if look at it from the other, if you, if you want, if you did open up the storefront or the building, whatever, you're still going to have an advertising cost. Right. Oh, for sure. I mean that that one location is not going to project no. itself over a city. So the advertising cost is a given. If you start a new business, you're going to have advertising cost uh, one way or the other. The, the advantage of the digital uh, platform is that uh, the, uh, the, the start, the, the, there is no cost, there is no investment in facilities mm -hmm. and minimal investment in staff, yet you're covering a large area uh, with the internet, through, with, via the internet. Right. The benefit is avoiding the startup cost of a building. We have seen in smaller markets success with newspaper to brand it too. It tends to be just market to market, whatever's going to be most cost effective and have the best ROI, basically. So now we're having a viable way of serving a population that it's very easy for your staff to just blow them off when they contact the, the firm. Uh, it allows you to compete for a growing population. Uh, it, it gives you an opportunity to upgrade a sale that you might otherwise never get if you did not have the online presence. Um, and truly, it gives you the opportunity to adjust your, your funeral home minimum cremation price to a profitable level because you, you have another outlet, another means of serving that low-cost uh, consumer. Thanks for thinking with us on this episode of the Next 10 podcast. If you'd like to learn more about advertising in the end-of-life and funeral industry, we invite you to go to our website, mkjmarketing.com, where you can read our blog, shop our store, or live chat with one of our associates. Of course, you can call us anytime at 888-655-1566.